Hey guys, it's Gentry Washburn, your host of the podcast, Live Simply, Love Abundantly, where we talk about living simply so that others can simply live, whether in your community or around the world. This is episode four, where I sit down to talk with Sabrina Dorman Andrew, the co-founder of New Creation. In this episode, you will hear how New Creation began, what their mission is, and what Sabrina's goal is for schools around the nation. If you've never heard of New Creation before, then this episode will be a real treat. I want to preface this episode by saying that we were having some difficulties with one of our microphones, so it sounds a little bit weird, but you can still hear the great conversation that we had, so I encourage you to join us for the next 37 minutes. Sabrina is a great friend of mine and has partnered with Village to Village many, many times. I had the opportunity to travel to Moldova with her for the first time back in 2017 and again in 2018. She co-founded New Creation, which is a faith-based nonprofit that works on counteracting sex trafficking. They offer survivor-made goods and fair trade accessories in their shop and provide prevention education on and rescue from human trafficking. I am truly so excited to sit down with her today and talk about her incredible nonprofit that I have loved watching grow through the years. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Gentry. So tell us a little bit um, about your life. Yeah, so I am a Virginia native. My husband, Steve, and I have two daughters who are now 17 and 18. Um, and actually, Steve and I, it's interesting because not only did we found New Creation, but we both work together yeah. full-time in ministry um, crazy both, yeah it is <laughs> it is crazy but it's been a really beautiful thing that something that started really simple in our dining room has turned into something that now has such a huge global impact so that's yeah. kind of what we do so when when was new creation founded so in 2012 we actually heard about an organization that was ministering to women coming out of sex trafficking in northern Uganda mm-hmm. and we were very pulled to the issue and very pulled to her mission, but didn't necessarily feel like we should move to northern Uganda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we we thought, you know, what can we do here with what we have in Harrisonburg that would help what she's doing in Uganda? So that's that's how we started. We didn't think, oh, I bet we're going to, you know, run a nonprofit. We were really just helping this one organization. And the best way that we could serve them, the women were making paper beads, which is a very... Uganda is known for a lot of beautiful paper bead yeah. necklaces and earrings. Right. And so we just, that's how we started. We started by selling the jewelry. We sent 100% of the profits back to help make sure the women that were already rescued had the care that they needed. And then also helping to make sure more women were rescued. Wow. And your husband kind of sparked the idea, right? Yeah, so he actually is who heard, Sarita was the girl's name, she was a JMU graduate who ended up in Uganda, and he had snuck his way into a college night (laughs) at our church, we're not even close to being college age, and um, he heard her speak, and so he brought the information home and gave it to me and said, I really think, you know, you love your heart for women is so huge, Mm -hmm. and I feel like you would love the work that they do. And it's kind of funny because like a good wife, I like threw it in my junk drawer. <laughs> I was like, that's a great idea. 
But I think God was preparing my heart for yeah. what he was going to do. And so my husband has been a big champion for for this mission. And he's behind the scenes a lot. People see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many times they don't realize that Steve is a big engine to the mission. And he is why we had new creation. Had he not snuck in to yeah. that college night, yeah. you know, we would have never met Sarita. And we would have never started new creation. And so I love how God uses us in all these different ways that a lot of times we just forget. Like, yeah. We're just at the right place to meet right. the right person. And sneaking in sometimes gets you <laughs> gets you to good places. Yeah. Not all the time, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes. So explain what New Creation is. So we're a faith-based nonprofit, and our our mission is really a simple mission, but it's pretty complex. Our mission is to creatively counteract sex trafficking with a local heart and a global approach. The vast majority of people know us because of our shops. So we mm-hmm. have fair trade store, we have an app, a website, a subscription box. And what that really does is create dignified jobs for those coming out of human trafficking or those that are marginalized and vulnerable to human trafficking. Right. Yeah. So job creation is a really big piece and our store plays a really big part. And then on the other side, we're able, because of our store, of those profits go right back into our mission. And so we're able to do things like funding prevention education for students. So we've connected prevention to over 6,000 students in Virginia, really starting conversations of what does trafficking look like in our our country, in our city? How does Mm -hmm. this happen? What are the common lures? Really dispelling myths around trafficking. And so that's what our funds do here locally. So the, the store is helping to create jobs around the world. We partner with over 60 different organizations. Wow. And then our funding is really how do we help here in the city to prevent it from happening. That's mm-hmm. our hope, like let's prevent it. But we're also able to do really fun, creative things. We have a partnership in Roanoke and my daughter Addison and I got to go down and we actually created, so this this partnership with them, they aid girls 12 to 17 that are coming out of human trafficking. And it's a residential facility, so the girls go there and live. Hmm. But girls in those situations, many times, everything's hand-me-downs. They don't get an option and a choice of what they get. And so we were in conversations and dreamed about, let's create a boutique on their campus. So somebody donated a shed, and New Creation helped fund a lot of the projects. So we created a boutique with all brand new clothing. New Creation donated all the earrings and accessories. And so the girls that they're loving and creating a place to heal will have an opportunity that teen girls love. They get to go shop every weekend and it's right there on their property. And so those are some fun, unique ways that we're able to creatively push back on trafficking. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. I I remember seeing, um, pictures and videos and I wasn't sure what y'all are doing but that is really neat and it's so neat because the other side is when you're dealing with teenagers that have been traumatized punishment is not a great way to Mm -hmm. get good behavior the best way is to how do you actually incentivize great behavior and good behavior and so they're using the boutique as a way to help incentivize and so each week they'll get a certain amount of fun cash you know play money that they get to spend at the boutique but there are other ways that are incentivized so they can earn more money to shop that's great isn't it great i'm very excited oh that is perfect so where did you guys come up with the name new creation um like i mentioned because we're faith based we kept going back to this idea of all things new 
You know, no matter how hard of a situation, no matter what we come out of, we believe that scripture is true and we believe that God does make things new. Mm -hmm. And so new creation was just the thought of broken things can be made new and beautiful things can come from ashes. And so that's where new creation came from. And we get a lot of questions actually about our name and mm -hmm. it's a beautiful way for us to say like we believe yeah. in things being made new and so that's where that came from that is it's so such a like a simple way but like it's it's a great way to tell people about jesus and yes glorify him and his kingdom and um how did you become so passionate because i know that you said you're passionate about women and helping women mm -hmm. but how did you become passionate about human trafficking and wanting to bring awareness to it yeah i think for me you know my own story i i had a really really hard season and a lot of the trauma that i endured was me making bad decisions and making bad choices and putting me around the wrong people mm -hmm. and you know, I ended up in a lot of really hard positions. And the more I learned about human trafficking, the more I could understand how if I would have met the wrong person, just like I said, you know, yeah. you don't understand how lucky you are when you're at the right place at the right mm -hmm. time to meet the right, you know? Yeah. And the same thing happens in the wrong way. Right. Yeah. And so I could really see how my story in a lot of ways mirrored the stories of women that I had met and heard about trafficking and so I think it tied my heart a little bit more personally because I never saw survivors of trafficking as the quote-unquote those girls mm -hmm. I could yeah. see them as me like yeah. or what if that's my daughter and so yeah. I was very personally tied and I think the other side of it is my heart as a mom the more I learned about human trafficking as soon as people hear that I do anti-trafficking work they ask what country or you do work in Cambodia or Russia or Kenya, you know, fill in the blank. But we don't think about, do you work in Harrisonburg? Are you in Richmond? You know, yeah. we don't, we're not thinking about cities in the U.S. And so, and I was that way too. I had heard about trafficking in Africa. Yeah. But I was asking myself as a mom, is this happening here? What does it look like? Yeah. Could this happen to my daughter? And so I got really passionate about the prevention side because of my own daughters yeah. and thinking of how vulnerable kids are mm -hmm. in our country and how, you know, I say this and it's, it's a hard reality, but I've been in anti-trafficking now for 10 years almost. And the only statistic where the number decreases is in the age of victims. Mm -hmm. Every other statistic grows because the issue continues to grow. Yeah. But it continues to affect younger and younger children and so the average age in the U.S. of a sex trafficking victim is 12. That's a seventh oh grade middle gosh. school student. And so our heart for prevention is really to get in front of the statistic. Like, yeah. I don't want kids in our community right. to be a statistic. And I don't want to sit and wait to give aid on the other side. Yeah. I want to get in front of. And so I'm really passionate about education because I'm a mom. Yeah. And nothing fires you up quite <laughs> you oh, <know> yeah. this <laughs> now. Nothing yeah. fires you up more than somebody coming for your child oh, yeah. or kids. And so, you know, I think it's beautiful the way that God uses our own stories to tie our hearts to what yeah. he needs. Well, explain to people because, like you said, a lot of people think that it's not happening in our country, mm -hmm. our town, our little town. Um, they think that it's just, you know, in Thailand or, you know, these other places. Explain 
to people that like how it's happening here as well and it's not just an international problem it's a worldly issue yeah and I think you know there's a lot of myths and misconceptions right Mm -hmm. and we know that human trafficking is talked a lot about but I don't think people do a great job of really explaining what it means right I agree so the issue of human trafficking is really modern-day slavery it's somebody that's flipping profit on another person Mm -hmm. against against their will and it's force or fraud or coercion that lands people in the issue of trafficking in the u.s what's interesting is a lot of traffickers and pimps are actually people in your life so it's a boyfriend i have seen moms foster parents grandparents oh we had i had a case that the brother was pimping his sisters oh, and my so word. i think Part of the problem is a miscommunication of how trafficking happens. Mm-hmm. People think it's somebody in a white van mm-hmm. that comes and kidnaps your yeah. kid. That is so rare. Right. Kidnapping is one of the least uh, likely ways that people end up in human trafficking. They're much more likely to get entangled in it because somebody pushes in on a vulnerability that they have, yeah. and that's somebody, usually somebody who is already in their life mm-hmm. or have specifically targeted to build a relationship to then exploit. And so, you know, with with our children, our children are the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is they're, they just see everything through rose-colored glasses, yeah. right? And they don't think about people being dangerous. And right. they don't think about someone having an ulterior motive to hurt them. And so a lot of it is educating our kids yeah. and being really cautious with what information they're giving out, who they're connecting to. And it's not just, yes, 100% on your phone, like we talk a lot about about phone safety, but even our gaming systems. You know, our kids are communicating with people that they actually don't know in real life. So New Creation is more than a storefront, bringing awareness to human trafficking. You guys also educate people about this issue. Tell us how you do that. Yeah, so we've done this in a multitude of ways. I've done everything from um, training at foster care placement agencies to um, CPS to counselors and faculty and staff at schools to really raise awareness with the adults Mm -hmm. in children's lives, specifically children's lives. And then the other side is we work with... um, it's called the Prevention Project, so it's a curriculum that's implemented in schools. It's actually teacher-led and teacher-taught, but New Creation funds the implementation. Oh, wow. And we really help to be the bridge between the school mm-hmm. um, and the Prevention Project. And so our heart is to see, you know, my prayer is, I want to see this in every middle school and high school across the nation. Yeah. Because we really are not having these conversations. No in schools we're not having them at church we're not having them around our dinner table and so i think the more we can kind of dispel myths and then also like create the prevention project's beautiful because it's not just protecting students it's actually creating kids that are a catalyst for change yeah so there's a lot of ways that we everyday people are fueling human trafficking and we don't realize it and we don't recognize it and so this is really helping to start conversations that make our kids and the generation that's behind us modern day abolitionists and so that's what our heart is is how do we how do we make sure we're preventing and protecting but also doing a better job of educating kids of how how human trafficking touches so many like places and points in our life yeah and it's not even to like scare the kids it's just to bring awareness to them and 
let them know how to handle situations, right? Yes. If, you know. And I think people, a lot of times parents are much more reluctant to have, for us to have those conversations than kids are. I was actually at a school a couple days ago and the kids are super open to yeah. having these conversations. They're interacting with me and engaging with me and they stayed after and probably 20 students were chatting oh, wow. with me. Yeah. And so they're not as scared as we think they are. Yeah. They are going to learn about these issues, whether I help to bring it to their school and it's mm -hmm. taught there safely or right. the wrong person teaches them yeah. online yeah. or in, you know, somebody that they meet in their real personal life. And it's hard because I think parents, we sometimes think we're going to protect our kids by not talking about issues, yeah. but that, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's so true. What's one of the hardest things you've had to face in new creation since beginning? Uh, whether financial or, um, you know, some things that you saw and, you know, that's just been very difficult. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think in general are very difficult being in the anti-trafficking movement. Mm -hmm. When I started New Creation, I had a mentor. She was a, um, she was a licensed professional counselor and she served women that were coming out of sex trafficking. And she said to me one day, you know, Sabrina, most people last about a year and a half in anti-trafficking. Really? And I thought, golly, that's like, that's not a very high retention rate. Yeah. And she and I talked a lot about how hard it is to deal with an issue that's dark. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a very dark, evil issue. Yeah. I think it can be really hard to get people to engage with it because it is so dark and mm -hmm. it's so hard. And so I think it's it can be discouraging when you see the issue growing, you see numbers growing. I mean, the reality is in 2022, we now have more people enslaved now than any time in history. Oh and to see how many people this affects, yeah. it can be really hard to feel like, I've, I've said it before, the analogy of like, I feel like I'm standing at a wildfire and I have a teacup of water. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't push it back mm. fast enough yeah. it just keeps getting hotter and closer yeah. and so that can be really really challenging and difficult to stay hope filled in an issue that's so dark yeah that's so hard um there's a lot that you know people don't know about human trafficking still and like what you just said now this year we will have more slaves than throughout history and that for me, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like that, it, it disgusts me. And I think it's tough because I don't think people, most of us, we have no idea the way that forced labor, you know, sex trafficking is what new creation focuses on, but mm -hmm. we are doing a really, like we're trying really hard to talk about labor trafficking and how forced labor is what creates the vast majority of the stuff we're purchasing. Yeah. You know, and nobody's pro-slavery, right? Like, right. I'm not having any conversations where people are right. like, "That's t I hate that you're, like, trying <laughs> to push back. Right. But when I say, are you drinking fair trade chocolate or fair trade? Are you drinking fair trade coffee? Yeah. Are you eating fair trade, you know, chocolate? Are you thinking about, are you buying and trying to buy secondhand or ethically? Yeah. Are you really thinking about who's making your product? Because there's a story behind every product. And a lot of that is forced labor. Yeah. And so I think that's the other really tough piece of human trafficking because the labor trafficking side, we as consumers have a big responsibility to know how things are being made. 
And that is something that people really don't want to talk about yeah. because then you're getting really personal yep. with the choices that they're making and how they're spending their money. And so I think we face some real challenges in anti-trafficking to get our our friends and our neighborhood and our community, the people around us to engage Yeah, because it's, it's hard truths that mm -hmm. nobody really... I don't want to think about how hard it is for the woman who's making my jeans mm -hmm. in another country. Yeah. And so that can be really complicated. The labor trafficking piece can be even harder almost to have those conversations. Explain that a little further, how you said every item has a story behind it. I know yeah. that at New Creation, y'all do a really good job at explaining names yeah. of the women who make you know, yeah. a certain thing, explain that. Cause I love that part. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things are, we have a window in our store that has a bunch of names and it's the names of a lot of the makers that we partner with. And we really want to do a good job of saying, this is a beautiful way that we can, we can make sure mostly women, the vast majority of our artisans are women, but these women have dignified work, that they have better options. Mm -hmm. And the reality is the vast majority of the makers of our stuff, they don't, it's not dignified. They're not being paid yeah. a fair living wage. They're not working in conditions that are safe. They're not yeah. connected to things like education for their children and healthcare, the way that the artisans that we're partnering, mm -hmm. you know, those things are secure and in place because yeah. we're doing things in an ethical way and so you know we try really hard to point to the good instead of I never want to shame anybody yeah I don't want right. I want people to come close yeah I want them to feel empowered to make better purchasing decisions but we really just want to give a lot of opportunity to, to start conversations you know a lot of our customers say my kids now I buy stuff from the shop and they want to know where did it get where was it made what country awesome. yeah. did, did she sign it. And so oh. it's starting these cool conversations yeah. with our kids where I never thought of that growing up. That wasn't yeah. a conversation yeah. that we were having. And so I think we know more now. Mm -hmm. We have connection to more information. And so we can just do better. And the way that we shop and, and the way that we spend our money, it matters. And those stories are there. And when you're buying a new creation and fair trade stores, you know those stories are good stories. Mm -hmm not ones of exploitation and right. forced labor. Right. Do good. That is Do good. That is the key. <laughs> yep. Is there anything that you wish people knew more about, whether the ministry or trafficking? Hmm, there's so many things. I mean, I really think I want people to know how much their lives and their choices and their engagement matter. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where there's so many hard issues and hard topics that I feel overwhelmed right? Like yeah. you scroll your Facebook feed I know. You know, and there's just so many things. And yeah. it's like, it just, it's just like the enemy to yes. want to get us overwhelmed yeah. where we don't do anything and we get paralyzed and yeah, we, exactly. we don't use our voice. We don't engage. We just kind of duck and take shelter. You just feel so burnt out yes. from seeing all the negative. Yes. And it's like, I just, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And I don't totally. know how to help. And so you know, that new creation really wanted to be a bridge for that. There's yeah. an issue. If new, if, if human trafficking is an issue you care about, there's a way that you can really easily engage with new creation and right. it matters yeah. and it's simple steps that we can take. You know, I think I wish people knew the impact that they had. And I think about it a lot when we go to Moldova, because I think, 
you know, Moldova is so unknown, you know, and here we are in little Harrisonburg, Virginia, (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, and the community here is creating this wave of good in the middle of Moldova, and that isn't because, like, I don't even know what I'm doing most of the time, but what I do know is, like, I'm just taking a step in obedience, and I'm inviting people to come alongside of us, and because people are choosing to do that, it's just this wave of good yeah. that we're creating and we need you to yeah. engage. We don't want to scare people. We don't want people to disengage. We want people to come close to the issue. Right. So how can people get involved to help? There's a multitude of ways. So we are online. So even if people aren't in Harrisonburg, if they're not local, they can shop with us online. We're at newcreationva.com and .org. And so they can shop and support. We even have an app that's a free and download. And you just got this app, right? Yeah, so the pandemic changed things. Yep. You know, stuff happens when you got to close your physical doors. <laughs> right. And so we did get an app, and we do live sales every other week, and they can that's hear great. stories and see our products and yeah. shop, and that's totally free. It's New Creation VA on your app store. Um, we have a subscription box so people can subscribe or buy extra boxes. A big thing for us is, you know, giving gifts through New Creation because that helps spread the mission. Yep. If you're giving yep. a gift and saying this came from this really cool shop that counteracts sex yeah. trafficking. And so they can do that. They can pray with us. They yep. can donate. And so those are ways that they can help the mission that we have in, in Harrisonburg really touch a lot of lives around the world. Yeah. My mom buys all of our Christmas gifts from New Creation, so I'm like, I know where this is from. Yeah, you coming know. your way, New Creation. <laughs> I know. I try to get all of my friends' gifts from there, and for sure, there's you can find everything in there. It's crazy because when we started, you know, we started with jewelry, mm-hmm. and even when we opened our brick and mortar store, it was mostly like jewelry and accessories. But now we have got everything from soup mix to candles home decor and toys clothing and purses and we still have you know the jewelry and the the pretty shiny things yeah but we have a ton of stuff that's we're using in our houses we need it anyway for anyone yeah everyone and so it's really been fun for us to see the creativity of the artisans that we partner with yeah and the stuff that they and it's like little flavors of their culture throughout the store and I had a guy come in one time and he said this place is like a museum but you can (laughs) buy stuff that's so funny yeah yeah it's like a it's a museum well it's set up so beautifully And, I mean, you can find men's stuff. There's so books. I mean, I came in, gosh, I mean, my son's been born a year. And half of his stuff is from New Creation. His toys and books. And, like, you can just find something for everyone. So that's what I love about it. One of the things I love about it. And, you know, it's a fun way. Shopping is something that I love. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, gosh, this is, like, good for my soul. Because I (laughs) love to shop. And it's so great to be able to know that the way that I'm spending my money is changing somebody's life for the better. Yeah. And also I wanted you to highlight because I feel like a huge misconception is when they buy fair trade, it's just so expensive and it's it's too much. So explain why Mm -hmm. it's more than if you would go to Walmart. Yes. And that's something that, you know, a lot of my heart when we started New Creation was I wanted fair trade to be accessible. We're in a city that our median income is below the poverty level. You know, Harrisonburg is, we have a lot of people that are in a lot of different 
uh, tax brackets, to say it nicely. And we have a lot of college students, and Mm -hmm. that's on a limited budget. And so one thing that I say to dispel the myth is I have products in my shop that are (laughs) $3.50. You know, so there are things that are affordable. Right. But on the flip side of that, you know, if you come and buy a handmade leather bag from me, that leather bag created jobs for 12 artisans. That leather is sourced ethically. It's upcycled. The fabric they weave, they hand block, stamp, print the pattern from the inside. You know, these are the details that make it, it is a piece of art. And it's one of a kind. It's one of a kind. And they're so beautiful. And every single artisan that touched that bag was given a fair and decent opportunity to live where a lot of the stuff and it's hard because I think on the flip side of that when I see people buying really high-end expensive bags and shoes and clothes they assume that that means that those makers Mm -hmm. are making a fair wage and that is not always the case there are a lot of brands that you're gonna pay a high price tag that did not get paid a fair wage. And I think it's really opened my eyes over the years of how expensive production is. Mm -hmm. So I create and design um, items that are made in Moldova. And when I'm realizing like how much that fabric costs, right? How much that zipper and those finishings, how much they cost. And then the time that's being paid for those artisans that are making them. And I'm like, how is, how are stores selling things yeah. for five dollars and right. ten dollars well they're doing it because they're not paying the artisan and the maker yeah. and so you know a hard statistic that i found out is only two percent of garment workers in the world are paid a fair living oh wage two percent that's crazy and the vast majority of garment workers in the world are women yeah and so you know the way that we shop matters and so i right. tell people i don't I run a nonprofit. I don't make a ton of money. Right. But what I do is I thrift and buy secondhand a lot because mm-hmm. that helps. Yep. And then I use my dollars and I buy the things like expensive purses or fair trade shoes or I buy ethical and fair because I'm able to save by thrifting. Yeah. And so that's how I balanced it in my life. And yeah. I do understand, I do understand that. But here's the thing that I always challenge myself with is like, everything comes at a cost. Yep. Am I willing, am I willing to like pay the cost to make sure and ensure somebody isn't paying the cost on the other side? Yeah. And so yeah. I see it as a way, do I have everything fair trade? No. Is everything ethically created? No. But I'm doing what I can and mm-hmm. replacing what I can with fair. And I know that it can be done on a budget because I have one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Something that I loved seeing when we went to Moldova together, our first trip together, um, because that was a huge just planning trip and it was with Village Village and New Creation and it was four of us, me, you, my mom and your daughter. So it was a mommy daughter daughter (laughs) trip. Mom daughter trip, yeah. And so much fun, but just, Seen. I mean, we watched the women, you know, making the stuff. And I remember I took pictures and I was like, this is, I mean, I could never, it's, they're so creative and they are given these jobs to just do stuff with their hands and just to like give them an opportunity. I think yeah. that that's, it's so big, but 
I mean, and a ton of your stuff at the shop is from Moldova, so I love seeing that too because Moldova is a huge part of village to village yeah. and our lives. Um, and just to like meet some of the women who made some of that stuff it's, was just incredible. And it's super impactful when you can see, you know, we're giving them the opportunity, but they have these talents and gifts that are unseen so right. many times, yeah. right? And like these women have been, their bodies have been their commodity. Yeah. They've never been told you can create something, you have value. Yeah. Even if you can't create something, you have value. And so it's yeah. been really cool. When I remember that trip, um, I was sitting down with an artisan and she spoke a little bit of English. Usually when we're there, you know, we're translating through, <laughs> Yeah. but she spoke some English and I said, what's it like to have a job here at Art Story? And she said, I've, I love to create. And she always, as a little girl, loved to build doll houses and make doll clothes. And she yeah. was telling me about how this gift of creation was in her as a kid. And she said, it's like God put something in me and then brought it back around so I could do it full time. And I thought, man, that's so amazing that, you know, she could see that these talents and gifts that were given to her by her creator to create was yeah. her freedom out of a really hard situation. The vast majority of the women that we work with are either really vulnerable to situations of trafficking or they're coming out of trafficking. Yeah. And so it's very important. The conversation around anti-trafficking has got to include job creation mm -hmm. because it's incredibly difficult. You can rescue girls out of the hands of traffickers, whether it's Uganda or Moldova. If you don't give them a way to, sur to, to survive and sustain their life, right. that cycle will pick back up. Yeah. And we have seen crazy statistics of how many people without a dignified job after being rescued will end up back into trafficking and it's exponentially higher oh and so gosh. job creation has got to be a part of anti-trafficking and I love doing it in Moldova because you know my heart was broken for Moldova years ago and I had never heard of the country yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was through a film called Nefarious Merchant of Souls mm -hmm. and they traveled the world and talked about how sex trafficking was happening globally and Moldova was a couple minute clip and my heart was just caught for the country and I actually talked to your mom about it and said you know if you ever hear of anybody in Moldova like I need to be there yeah. and so your mom was who connected us there yeah. and getting to work inside that country where one of every 10 people in that country have been trafficked yeah. and we know the the numbers of of trafficking has content I mean it continues to increase because there's no opportunity and so if we can go in and create opportunity we lower vulnerability and we do protect people from trafficking and sometimes we forget that piece that yeah. job creation piece and how vital that is in developing countries yeah that's so true and I know at art story that's just their shop there mm -hmm. they have a whole uh, campus and they have a like a preschool yeah. so they give an opportunity for moms and their kids to go there and so like it's it's little Way things more than a job yeah right like it, they have the early education right they're teaching classes so mm -hmm. they're not only giving a job to a mom they're breaking the cycle of exploitation and poverty off of the kid they're connected to um the psychological art studio so mm -hmm. that is 
literal mental health using creative tools that help heal women from trauma. And so they're connected to all of these things and that organization helps do prevention education in Moldova. And so they do a really good job of starting the same conversations I'm starting in Virginia, they're in Moldova having those conversations, which is really vital. Yeah. Well, the last question that I have, I always ask this to my guests, and you kind of answered it with like your 13, but um, I want to see if there's any other answer, but how do you live simply? Hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of the way that I live simply is the consuming. You know, consumerism can be viewed in a really, I mean, we demonize it almost, but it's a really powerful tool for change. Mm -hmm. And so if I can simplify and really point my money and my purchasing to good ethical companies and know that I'm shifting the world with how I'm purchasing, I feel good about that. I mean, I love when people come into my home and they're like, oh my gosh, that basket wall is incredible. And I'm like, oh, those one came from, you know, India and that one over there is from Kenya and that my life tells a story that is reflective of my heart you know I I just I want my life to look different I want it to to be a picture into my heart for justice and my heart for equality and my heart for sustainability and so I think the way that I consume and the way I choose to purchase is probably the biggest way that I, I really try to like simplify and pare down Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad that we finally got to sit down and um, just kind of bring awareness to people about new creation and about trafficking. And I'm just so glad that you could join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me and caring to platform what we're doing. And it's been so fun to partner with you and your mom. And we always laugh a lot. Yes. We have, (laughs) I may have ridiculous videos and photos available. If you want them of Gentry, DM me. Yes. (laughs) I think there's so many. I have some on my phone too. Yeah, it is fun because, you know, the other side of of what we're both involved in and what we're both doing, you know, refugee work and, you know, ministering in unserved villages and Mm -hmm. anti-trafficking, those are all really hard things. But I love that we come together and we laugh and we have so much fun. And like, just because there's hard stuff around us doesn't mean like we are joyful people and we have a good time. And so I love you. I love your mom. We love you too. I love being a part of what you guys do. So thanks for having me today. Of course. Thanks for listening to the Live Simply, Love Abundantly podcast. I hope that this episode brought awareness and a glimpse of Sabrina and her team's heart for what they are trying to do in their own community as well as around the world. Make sure to check them out at their cute little store on South Main Street in Harrisonburg, if you're local, or online at newcreationva.org. To stay up to date with Village to Village and some exciting spring events coming up, make sure to follow us on Instagram at village underscore two underscore village or check out our website, hope the number four villages.org. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified when we release a new episode bi-weekly. Thanks for joining us today.